Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week in production, The Pain in Spain, Part Dos. Uh, ole, 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 ole. This week in production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908 451 6760. Thanks. All right, this is going to be a raucous. This is going to be a raucous recording in front of a live studio audience. I am Art. Heckling is welcomed. I'm Lou. This is Lou, and we are four. No, how many days? How many days post Spain are we? Um, Almost a week. Almost a week. Six days post Spain. We're on another job. Um, I'll be honest, most jobs now seem like nothing compared to what we went through in, in Malaga. Agreed. And not for a good reason. <laughs> but we we dwelled on the negative aspect of this particular job on uh, TWIP episode 491. But on this episode, I want to talk about the fringe benefits of uh, international travel or really any job where you can try and, you know, take advantage of a situation to, you know, help yourself. And it doesn't happen often, but I think there's a there's a certain negative stipulation that people assume that, oh, you're in, you know, Malaga and you're on the Gibraltar Sea and you're having this wonderful time when it's not really the case. And I was uh, suggesting that if we had just flown in and out to do the job, we would have been very unhappy. But instead, I convinced you to add a couple days at the front and a day on the back and sort of take that time to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And we did enjoy the fruits. We did. So... Any time that I've had an opportunity to um, do something in a city ahead of a job or at the end of a job, as long as it doesn't, you know, conflict with the job, I am always looking for that opportunity. And this uh, job in Spain, you know, provided an opportunity to go a couple days of he- ahead of time, and uh, we spent that in uh, Madrid. And then we went and did our work, and then we took a day after just to kind of relax, play some golf. Uh, we did have to travel by train back to Madrid, but we had a nice little, um, you know, hamon uh, finish at the we uh, did, hotel. We did, the Marriott. Yeah, very that nice. That was a very pleasant surprise. It was, it was. And those are the parts of the job that not only make the job tolerable, but also, you know, stay with you long after the pain of the the, job is Exactly. It's like we can let all the darkness sort of dissipate and remember the good stuff. Right. 
And and those those are the things that like I always you know, when I was younger, it was just work, work, work. Do the job, get back, do the next job, and and there was no really as the song goes, no time for living. I'm working all the time. To be able to take those moments when they're afforded to you, especially in foreign cities, uh, is just wonderful. Agreed. I had a great time. Madrid was a magical place. Spain, beautiful country. People were great. The food was great. The wine was great. The golf, maybe not so great, but still, we golfed in Spain. We did. We did. There were, I mean, I for me... I'm usually more interested in the food and the um, the social aspects of a country more than the cultural aspects. But we did take some time. We to did. Do. We had a little culture. We, we did have culture. <laughs> we did a, uh, a Prada museum tour. Uh, big fan of the Viator guide service, part of TripAdvisor. Mm. Um, had some wonderful experiences with you know locals who were you know either um, experts in art and culture or uh, wine sommeliers or, you know, Hamon <laughs> experts. Yeah, it always goes back to the Hamon. It does always go back and to why the don't, Hamon. And why don't we kind of tell the, the listeners what Hamon is if they don't know? So Hamon is ham in, in Spanish, but the Imberico, Hamon de Imberico is the sort of the dried, the aged, if you were to equate it, I suppose it's a little bit like prosciutto from Italy, where it's basically dried, you know, preserved ham. Mm -hmm. But the way they produce jamon, empirical jamon, is, is different. We learned in, oh, a, in a nice, nice two-hour session all the uh, ways that they do it. But it's not uh, salty. It's not preserved in salt. It's uh, it's got a very distinct and and delicious taste. Who know who knew acorns were so vital to deliciousness? Right, right. So the the purebred um, Embarico pigs are uh, allowed to finish their diets of acorns when the the season, I guess, in September when the acorns drop and the and the pigs are let loose to eat the acorns. Those are the best of the best, the pure breed pigs, and that's the black grade of, of Hamon. If you've never tried it, I, I highly, highly suggest going to Spain and trying it. It's hard to get in the States. Mm, I don't, I've never heard of it in the States. And it's, it's hard to know exactly what you're getting because sometimes it's said generically, you know, just Embirico Hamon, but it doesn't mean what grade it is. Right. We learned that there's four grades. But these are the things that stay with you for a lifetime and mm -hmm. not like the crappy work. Right. I'm assuming that, um, much like myself, probably when you were younger and you would do all these jobs, you never probably took the time no, to it's, enjoy it's, yourself. No, we're not. It's not about enjoying. It's about working and getting in, getting out, and moving on, like you said. Sam was good then. Exactly. I mean, you've done other jobs where you've gone outside of the country uh, for different shoots. You've probably experienced, um, you know, the fringe benefits 
of, of oh your... yeah I'm, yeah I've been to Costa Rica Puerto Rico I mean you and I have been to South Korea to Singapore to I mean right. I guess we, most most we... of our experiences have been food you know because with equipment and a crew it's hard to keep everyone there for you know several extra days right that 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 is a a, a tricky part of the travel because depending on on how you're traveling and what you're traveling with and how many people are traveling, obviously as it gets bigger, it gets more complicated to deviate. Right. The the first time that I went to Spain, uh, probably in the mid-2000s, I had a crew of 15 people. We had 25 road cases. We had no carnet. I told that story a couple of weeks ago on This Week in Production. But... The thought of extending that trip was just not an option. Right. It was it was as much effort to get the crew there and back without having to think about a diversion tactic. <laughs> right. That just wasn't wasn't in the cards. There was one trip in those early days where we went to Greece, and we had a built-in day off. Again. I tried to take advantage of those situations. We, I took all the crew to a Greek island. Uh, we rented uh, mopeds. You know, we, we just drove around the whole countryside for a day on mopeds. You know, and had a great time. And and I think every single person on that crew would be able to recall that trip in detail because it was such a great experience and they probably can't even remember the job itself no nope. and they never got paid for the job but don't <laughs> tell them that <laughs> anytime now as i'm older and perhaps more wise perhaps. i do try to take advantage of these situations especially where like we're gonna do a west coast job in a few weeks mm -hmm. and i'm trying to plan the travel so that we can golf before we start work like the day before we start work, which is a, normally a travel day for mm -hmm. us. Again, it has to fit into the logistics scheme and coordination, but it's, for me, worth that little extra effort to try and make that work out because it just makes... When, when we have to work a long day and you have to walk uphill backwards, you know, in the sun, like those little extras just make it m more palatable. Oh, we, let's, get, we, let's we, get Tommy we, recounting we, a story. We, we have a question and a comment from the audience. No, just making making the most out of the places you go to. I mean, that's so important. Like, we went to see Joe Satriani after, um, you know, working for a long day in Nashville. We were in San, Fran San Francisco. We did a fish show. It's like... You know, experiencing the passions you love in the places you're able to work and, and make it happen. A couple of ball games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, right. These these are these Baseball, are things yeah. that, like I said, I, I wish I did more of it when I was younger and had opportunities, but didn't have the foresight to plan it out. No, but you learn it as you go. You, you do know? learn it as you go, yeah. and, and and you know, those are things that. Uh, are, are very important just to keep yourself sort of grounded because if it's all work and no play, then something happens that's not good. Now it becomes <laughs> a horror movie. <laughs> it's funny as we're in in Madrid and and you know many of the listeners know the um, love of tequila 
that we have. Mm. Um, it was not easy to find no, tequila that was quite shocking, in Spain. Actually. Not easy at all. But as we were out um, venturing around one night in Madrid, um, someone suggested that the uh, the four se- no no what hotel four was seasons it? four seasons yeah someone suggested that the four seasons had a well stocked bar with tequila. And we, we ventured over. It wasn't far from a hotel. We walked over. Um, the hostess actually was a lover of tequila. We had a great conversation with her about... Um, she was taking a trip to uh, Halesco. Oh, right. That's right. And uh, we were just, you know, common bonding experiences over, yeah. over tequila. And that's just a little, you know, side, you know, benefit of, uh, you know being social with people from strange countries. Yeah, it was very limited tequila selection in in all the places we went. The the food culture in in Spain is fantastic. The the idea of after work around five o'clock having tapas, T A P A S, not topless as uh, Johnny C would suggest. <laughs> and then having a late meal you know, we didn't have that opportunity every night. We were still, you know, different time zones and different work requirements. But, you know, we did the, the first night, we did have a late meal trying to get on the clock. And then we had, um, you know, some other very nice unexpected meals like the sushi mm, in the hotel. Sushi. And that was during work, which was like a, you know, just a, like a bonus. The, the work schedule was grueling and and not conducive to eating at uh reasonable and normal uh ways but we went into this uh japanese sushi restaurant in in this hotel uh we had a great waiter who was um interested in everything america and was going on his honeymoon for like 18 days and going across the country and uh, we exchanged information. We're going to stay in touch and maybe provide him some suggestions for places to go along his journey. But he shared some of his culture with us, brought us over some, you know, uh, wines to try and things like that. It was, you know, just culturally a great, great experience. And, and you know, you take that back and you store little pieces of, of that information in your you know, in your palate, in your brain, and mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll be somewhere, and you'll see Embirico Hamon, and you'll be like, it'll, it will trigger something. It will trigger something very good. I have a question, Johnny. Oh, Johnny C has a question. Knowing what you know now from the trip, what would you change, and what would you do differently? That's a good question, Johnny. C. Very nice question. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't. I will I will leave the work part of it out because that that is a dark a dark place and I can't I can't fix that and I never look back and say oh if I only did this um, but as far as travel goes um, I could probably use another day on the backside to just yeah uh, decompress agreed you know and maybe then maybe, maybe hit the beach. Yeah, we mm. we we had. I mean, there was a lot of travel in this in this trip, and that does just take its toll on you. 
Um, I probably could have studied up more on the language. I was thinking about doing one of those... Um, Rosetta Stone? Rosetta Stone or Babel And what fish. about gear-wise, too? Would you do things differently? Beer-wise? Gear and oh, beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's trying to drag work back into the... He's uh, trying to drag work. Well, I mean, we... We could we could do this. We could say this on on the work side of the the Spain trip. I think from a gear perspective, I I had everything that I wanted. I probably could have reduced my 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 think tank uh, roller was very heavy. You lifted it once. It oh, was, there was a lot of grunting. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of grunting lot of, going on. A lot of effort to lift those bags. <laughs> I probably could have slimmed it down a little bit. I could have taken one body out. I probably didn't need every lens that I brought. I probably could have dropped the 85 mil prime. I had um, some extra bits. But I think for the most part, the gear I had, I was very, very happy with. The, the only thing I might have swapped was my Ninja V for some sort of high bright daylight monitor because we found ourselves shooting in the bright sun. I didn't have a, a loop or an eyepiece. Uh, you actually, Luke, let me use your port, yes, port keys. Yes, which I think worked pretty well for it you. It did, it did, but it uh, it still could have been brighter. It wasn't hey, bad. Beggars can't be choosers. I, I know, <laughs> I know. But uh, for my, my kit on that trip, I thought it was pretty spot on. I right. think personally, we would have been well served having a fixed lens, small camera with a zoom um, for some of the golf follow and you know right a, a small sensor camera yeah. with a with a twenty two or thirty x yeah zoom definitely would have been more a, a more reliable camera to, to well rely it would have served a, a lot of purposes yeah, yeah I. I the 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 camera spec that we had in hindsight for capturing what turned out to be the golf play, we didn't really have the right lens set up and a small sensor, large optical zoom like a like a Panasonic CX three hundred and fifty or a Sony. But you didn't expect that. No, we didn't expect it, but but you know, in hindsight, that would have been a better camera choice yeah. uh, in Spain. This event may come up next year, so this event this event will come up next year. It'll be in the states. It'll be a whole different show, though. Um, as we've done many PGA events in in the U.S., you would never have the inside the ropes access that we had uh, in Spain. Oh, you don't think so? No, no. I oh. mean, just as a whole, like you would never. There were so many people inside the ropes. Oh, it was like family members, friends, it, it literally, coaches. It literally was like a free-for-all. The minute the golfers hit a tee shot or an approach shot and were heading up the fairway, it was like the circus was following them. Wow. Just when you say in the ropes, what do you mean by that? Inside the ropes, so, so basically on the fairway of the course, which is roped off to... Uh, spectators, the but, the, but the the media is usually allowed inside, and and in the U.S. that access inside the rope is very restricted to basically live TV and a couple of photo, 
photojournalists. In Spain, there were fans with money, sponsors, like everybody was yeah, inside the ropes. There were more people, people inside the ropes than there were on the side of the ropes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just... And now uh, that you mention it, I mean, it became the norm, but even I, somebody even commented on it that it was really strange that that many people were able to follow the golfers inside the ropes. Right, right. And we didn't talk about the king of Spain no, on the we, last No, podcast. we didn't. So we were on the last day of the event, and obviously it was a very close match, and we, we heard some rumblings that the, um, the king of Spain was going to make an appearance. And Tom wants to know that there is a king of Spain. That's a that's a, a police song, right? Yeah. King of Spain, <laughs> always be king of Spain. Well played. But I think both of us had some individual run-ins with the Spanish oh, yeah. Secret Service, yeah. the, the SSS. <laughs> I, I, think, if, I think we're on the watch list now. I don't know if that's what they call themselves, but uh, we we did have some some brushes where the Secret Service was trying to bring the king inside the ropes and there was a crush of media. And I did. I saw one photog just go head first into the sand trap. <laughs> just there was no room left to, to anchor himself. And, uh, you know, it was, it was all, in hindsight, a little comical, but at the time... Not so much. Uh, Those media scrums in in these events are always hilarious because everybody is trying to get the shot or the moment, and yeah. it gets everyone kind of gets caught up. Maybe the egos get involved, and everyone wants to be the have the you know the pristine shot or the moment that you know the winning moment, and it's chaos, and now, you're just fighting for survival and hoping you don't get trampled and hoping your gear survives. Right. So as we're on the last day bopping inside the ropes, you know, we we had a problem with the credentials on the last day. I didn't have an official credential. No, no, but just kind of go along like you did and hope like, for the best. Just walk like you own the place. But I had a flashback to the last U.S. Women's Championship that we worked for our client um, at Baltistrol this year in New Jersey, and I was all by myself on the edge of a fairway at the 18th hole in no one's way, not bothering anybody. And I was shooting the uh, the sponsor pavilion. It was just a nice visual. And this, this PGA representative almost, almost like tackles me. <laughs> You're a high threat. I was I was apparently in some you know camera angle from the other side, but I mean I wasn't I wasn't aware. I really just mm. was not even. You weren't meant to be seen. But he 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 physically escorted me out and basically said, "You're not allowed here." <laughs> and you as, were shut down. As in as I was in Spain, I kept thinking this is going to happen again. Oh, I was certain of it. I would, I, when, as soon as I ticked off the king of Spain by blocking his view. King of Spain. King of Spain. <laughs> I, I thought this is it. It's our minutes are, you know, the one, it's winding down here. We will be asked to leave. So I think, I think to just wrap this episode of Spain up, 
uh, in a nutshell, I think the balance of um, you know work and play uh, made the trip overall fun. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, the job got done. Uh, everyone got uh, you know paid, so to speak, and and no one left feeling uh, short uh, changed. But I think it only worked because of the combination of the the uh, play and the work. Brilliant suggestion, saying let's go a couple days early and spend an extra day at the end. It was it, it made the whole experience, you know, more. I think to quote you, palatable. Yes, yes, and and I would say that that's pretty much you know my philosophy for for jobs now. Always looking for a way to balance the work and the play, and and sometimes I think people forget that we need that balance. Agreed, but you know I think we do that in most jobs. We always find uh, you know a nice restaurant and unwind after a long day, or you know. Right. Oh no, I hear it. I mean, oh, you must be nice to be in Spain, and it's like, again, what are you gonna? You're gonna complain about all the stuff. Most people won't understand it, anyways. Right. So they just perceive you're in some tropical, tropical getaway, and you're basking in the beautiful, you know, landscape of Spain. Right. You're getting massages and getting up late. But but let's remember why we're why we're here. We are doing a job. Not that we're complaining. We could, but. It's funny how it's perceived. Yes. So uh, we will keep pursuing the work-life balance. It's a constant pursuit. Yes. I think I think the next international destination for us, though, will be a, uh, a play trip. Uh, perhaps a tease and tequila. I, that sounds ideal. Check Idyllic. your local uh, golf retailer for <laughs> Open tickets. Open the suggestions. <laughs> But for now, for this week in production, from the the where where the f- are we're we? in the King of Prussia, not King. We're not in King of Spain, not the King of Spain, the King from, of Prussia. From the royalty of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, for this week in production, I'm Art Aldridge. I'm Lou Lita, and we'll see you next time. Adios.